lights up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have that white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two chrome stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day It's been a long time since I've had to climb up inside of a cab over truck. You might have to help me on that third step. I'm going to jump back here in the bunk. I don't think this fella's got a microwave back here. There's not enough room. <laughs> well, Daryl, uh, I'll try my best to help you up into this big old cab over. It's been a long time since I got in a cab over myself. Yeah. But it, I'll tell you one thing. You got a good view from this area. You sure do. Now, he might not have a CD player, but he probably has an 8-track. <laughs> We want to hear from you. Give us a shout. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. And if you can't give us a call, then just blow your air horn as you're driving by. Just two ordinary men, strong hands upon the wheel. Men out living, hauling freight, cattle, grain, and steel. We were cold, hard, and calloused from the years out on the road. While the devil held the wheel, 
gave our lives to the Lord But the sinful lives we chose to live came with a dreadful cost Sin began to drag us down, our families all but lost said I need a sign And if God will show that he is real Then I'll gladly walk that line He drove on through that lonely day His heart was cold as steel And then he saw that sign Out in that Midwest field Jesus' arms were open wide Blood dripping from his hands He said this once for you Just two ordinary men, strong hands upon the wheel. We made our living hauling freight, cattle, grain, and steel. We become hard and calloused from the years out on the road. By the devil held the wheel, we gave our lives to the Lord. Still on the wheel, our nation's freight he hauls. He spreads the gospel through the land, the preacher he is called. Now the other took a different road to that oil patch he was sent, telling men to turn from their sin and hear the Lord repent. And we were just two ordinary men, strong hands upon the cross. Standing side by side To bring the gospel to the lost And we were cold, hard and calloused From the years out on the road Now Jesus took the wheel And we gave our lives to the Lord awesome song that was written by Galen Taylor of Faith on the Move Ministry and we are teaming up today with Faith on the Move Ministries and Channel 21 Ministries to bring this CD to you the drivers out there on that old lonesome road so drivers we just want you to sit back listen enjoy this CD today and you're going to hear a powerful testimony of Daryl Spicer and God has spoke to Daryl to start this Channel 21 Ministries for you truckers out there on the road. This ministry is for you. So sit back, listen, and enjoy this CD and 
And we're going to share that testimony of Daryl Spicer with you in just a minute. But first, I got a couple songs that uh, I wrote that I would like to share with uh, you guys out on the road. And I just think they go along with Daryl's testimony real well. And I just want to dedicate these songs to Daryl and his wife, Joyce, who we got to meet recently. And what a wonderful couple they are. And God has really blessed these folks and they just want to be a blessing to you. So here's a song called Once Upon a Time. Darling, I know I should not have called, but I just had to let you know. I'm still crazy in love with you Was a fool to let you go It seems like only yesterday We walked hand in hand back then Connected at the heart We were never gonna part Can you remember when? Once upon a time We were in love back Said you would always be mine, but this is not the way fairy tales are supposed to end. If I could erase the pain I've caused, maybe then our love wouldn't be lost. Can you remember when? Once upon a Baby, I know you can't talk I know he's there But if you'll just listen If you still care Let me open up my heart I never thought I'd miss you this much Please don't tell me You're in love with him Just tell me our love has a chance again Can you still remember when? Once upon a time We were in love back then You said you would always be mine But this is not the way Fairy tales are supposed to win If I could erase the pain I've caused Maybe then our love wouldn't be lost Can you remember when Once upon a time Once upon a time We were in love back then You said you would always be mine But this is not the way Fairy tales are supposed to win if I could erase the pain I've caused Maybe then our love wouldn't be lost Can you remember when Once upon a time Can you still remember when Once upon a time All right, 
Night Drivers. We hope you enjoyed that. And now I got a song I want to play for you. And this is a song I wrote called It Takes Two. And I wrote this uh, to my wife, Linda. And I want to dedicate this to her and uh, Daryl and Joyce Spicer. And I was just trying to uh, share my heart and tell Linda how I felt. And I hope you enjoy it. It Takes Two. Well, I guess you've probably cried a million tears And there's no one but me that I can blame And every morning when I look into the mirror Oh, Lord I'm so ashamed I've spent my life out on the run It seems like all I've been is gone We can't waste our lives on a wish But you know It takes two to make a house a home Oh no, I never planned on failing you And I know that you never planned on failing me We've each got our own selfish self That keeps on trying to control there's been more than just a time or two When I thought that we were surely through We can waste our lives on a wish But you know It takes two To make a house a home It's too late to try Change the things we said and did When we were too blind to see And all the hurt that comes from feelings that are here If we work together to take our heads out of the sand we can make this life like the wish we had planned But it takes two to make a house a home I've spent my life out on the run it Seems like all I've been is gone But we can waste our lives on a wish but you know It takes two to make a house a home Oh, it takes two to make a house a home 
And now we got that testimony for you by Daryl Spicer of Channel 21 Ministries. Daryl's become a good friend of not only mine, but also of Galen Taylor on Faith on the Move Ministry. And God has put all three of these ministries working together to try to help you drivers out there on that old lonesome road. So here's the testimony of Daryl Spicer. Well, Brother Gary, I thank you for the opportunity you're giving me to speak Uh to tell my testimony of what the Lord's done for me and my family uh, and where he's got me going. Uh, it's, it's okay to talk about where you've been, but what's more important is to talk about where you're going with the Lord. Uh, my wife and I, we met in church. She was 12 and I was 13. Seems like 100 years ago, but then it seems like yesterday. Uh, she was raised in church, but I didn't get saved until I was 13. A cousin invited me to church and uh, I went with him. And I, st- I started that walk with the Lord, and uh, Joyce and I met. We started going steady pretty quick after I went to church. And uh, I'd given my heart to the Lord, and uh, we was witnessing. And I, we, we actually worked on a bus ministry together with a fellow drove the bus, and we helped with the young kids. We fell in love. My wife and I fell in love. Now, I know it sounds like puppy love, but at 13 years old, I fell in love with this woman, a girl. And... Uh, it, it was awesome. Of course, her mom and the church try to keep us separate because you don't do that when you're 12 and 13, but we loved each other. Well, at 17, we both made some mistakes, and uh, we got away from the Lord. And we got married at 17, and we got away from the Lord, got away from church, and started living our own life. Uh, well, the world offers kids a lot of things right now, and it's very, uh, they're at a tender age at 17 years old and 18 years old. So we got married and uh, started a family, got two great sons. But when you get out of the will of God, you're at the mercy of the world and things are going to happen to you. You can't, things you can't control. We loved each other. No matter how much we loved each other, we still both messed up. And after 15 years of marriage, we ended up in a divorce. Still loved each other. When we stood in front of that judge, we held hands. Because we still loved each other. But I was on the road. I was gone all the time. And it was hard on her, hard on my kids, and hard on me. I couldn't find a job. 1980, 1979, I got laid off from Ford Motor Company. I was, in tra- I was a transportation supervisor. No chance of getting my job back. So I went to a two-week truck driving school. I couldn't find third gear, but I was looking for third street. I was out there between lost and found all the time. <laughs> But I went through this school and uh, bought a truck. I wanted to get in the truck in the worst way, and I did. I bought a truck right out of truck driving school. And uh, I was gone four, five, six weeks at a time. And you cannot have a relationship uh, with anybody being gone that long. It was tough. So we ended up divorced. And again, when you get out of the will of God and you don't have the peace and uh, the love that he gives you, and leadership that the, the Bible and, 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 and the word in the church that you get from the church, uh, you need leadership. I don't care how old you are, you need leadership. So I remarried and she remarried, and we figured that was it. You know, it was over. Well, it wasn't. I got a divorce five years later, and uh, her and I got back together. This is in 1988, end of 88, we got back together. We remarried in 89. Still didn't go to church. We're doing fine. Started building our life all over again. Bought a house. Everything going great. But there was something missing. Something was missing. Not, not, just from, not from our relationship 
as it was just from our lives. We bought the new house, the this, the this, the that stuff. And I would sit out there in my garage with my brand new Harley that was bought and paid for. And drink my liquor and have me a cigar or whatever. I couldn't buy enough chrome for it. Couldn't buy a nice enough truck. Nothing, nothing filled something that was missing. But you know, I knew. I knew what was missing because I had served the Lord 40 years earlier. And my wife was the same way. She, you know, we just we rebuilt, modeled our home in 2006, and we still, there was something missing. One day I came home from work, and I was sitting in my chair, and she said, I got something I got to tell you. And I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on now? She said, I've, I've been watching the 700 Club, and I've rededicated my heart to the Lord. And I thought, well, finally, somebody's going to make her happy. Not that she was a demanding woman. She wasn't at all. Not at all. But I knew she wasn't happy as well. And I thought, this is the answer. This is good. She says, well, she said, you need to know something. She said, I can't do this by myself. I sit there a minute and I said, well, I'm not ready for that. She said, I know you're not. She said, but I saw my mom and dad. My mom went to church and my dad didn't. And it, was, and it kept them split up all the time. It just didn't work. I said, I understand that. I said, but I'm not going to block you from going to church. You do what you want to do. That's, that's great. I'm happy for you. She said, well, I, I need you to go with me. And I says, no. I said, I'm happy. I've got all I need. I've got all I want. I don't want that. I'm not ready for that now. She said, I know you're not, but there's one thing you're missing. And I, I couldn't think of anything. I said, well, what would that be? She says, joy. I took a breath and immediately... Now, I know there's some men, women out there that uh, has heard the voice of God. Well, I, I felt the Spirit of God move in me. But I wasn't about to tell her that. When she said that, I knew she was right. I didn't have joy in my life. Everything was fit. Everything, I had health, the whole everything. My kids was healthy. But, it just, uh, but I told her, I said, no, I said, I'm, I'm not ready to do that right now. She said, well, all I ask you to do is go to church with me one day a week, whether it's Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, whatever. I want you to go to church with me. And, but I'm not asking you for any kind of commitment. I said, okay, other than that, I'll do that. I said, you find us a church like we went to when we was kids. And what I meant by that, as I look back, I was telling her to find a spirit-filled church, but I didn't know that's what I was telling her. But I knew what was going to fill my soul. But I didn't want that. No, no, didn't need it. But uh, so we went to church, and I just both of us walked out. We said, "No, I, I don't think I want to go back there." There was nothing wrong, you know. We weren't judging anybody. It's just you know we're old fogies and we're setting our ways with the music and everything else. So a week or so went by, she didn't say anything else about going to a church, and I thought, well, maybe she's letting this go. Because I'm thinking while she's gone to church, I'm out riding a Harley, having a good time, or just hanging out here at the house, you know. She told me, she said, there's a church up there in Smyrna behind the catfish house. And I, I thought for a second, I said, yeah, I've seen that church back there. She said, well, uh, I know some ladies that where I used to work, the, 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 they used to come in, uh, their pastor's wives. And let's go, let's go there. I said, whatever, that's fine. So one Sunday morning we get dressed, we head up there. 
walked in this nice church. People was nice, friendly. But I wanted to sit as far back as I could, and I didn't want to get in the middle of none of this. And we sat down, and for 40 years, and I'd been away from the Lord, the one song that spoke to me was Amazing Grace. And any time I'd hear that song on the radio or in a room, I'd turn around, I'd walk away, because I didn't want to hear that. Well, what do you think the first song the pastor played on the piano was Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. That saved a wretch like me. And the tears started flowing, and I didn't want them to, but they did. And I sit there and through the, the whole song service, and then the preaching, and he did an altar call, and I wasn't going up there because I wasn't going to get saved for my wife. And I was happy with what I was doing. And as soon as he gave the altar call and everybody stood up, I would hit the back door. And we did this. This was uh, in June, 1st of July. And we went July, August, and September. Every Sunday I'd go. And I tears would flow, and I'd just sit there. Well, I didn't know that my wife, well, I knew she was going to a prayer meeting at that church on Monday mornings. Well, I didn't know that part of the prayers was going up for me. I should have known, but I didn't. So on September the 17th, 2007, on Sunday, Sunday morning, we went to church. And the pastor's up there preaching, and I'm sitting back there with my arms folded. One of the brothers at church just told me recently, he said, I remember you when you come to this church. You sit back there like a mad bullfrog. Had your arms all crossed just sitting there. No expression on your face at all. I said, yeah. I didn't want anything to do with it. For three months, I'd been wrestling with God. Every time I would give him an excuse for not serving him, he'd give me a reason to. He never con condemned me, but he did convict me. So if you're riding in that truck today, you're, you're out there and you're listening to this CD, listen to that voice. It's not to, out to hurt you. It's out to help you. It's out to give you leadership. So that Sunday we went to church and the pastor started preaching. And something he said got my attention. <laughs> he said, when we come to church and we listen to the word, the Bible says that we are to feast upon the meat of the word. But there's a time when you're a new Christian that you're going to take the milk of the word and the meat of the word is going to push you away. He said, so there's a time that you can take the milk of the word and I'm tired of pushing your mustaches aside while I try to put the nipple in to give you the meat or the milk. It's time for you to have the meat. And you know, I know that sounds funny to some of y'all, but that hit me as like, you know, if I get saved, I don't have to hit the ground running like a full-blown Christian. I thought I had to walk in with my Bible under my arm and walk in with a $500 suit and be somebody in church or whatever. I mean, that just kind of was what the devil was telling me. But we left that day, and that stuck with me. Of course, I didn't get saved. I wasn't about to get saved. We came home and took a nap, and I got up. And I'm sitting out on the back porch having me a cigar. And she come out there and we started talking. And we started talking about church and uh, uh, about salvation. And I said, you know, honey, I said, the one regret I have in my life. And we didn't raise our sons in church. And she says, honey, you're still their dad. And you're still alive. And you can still be an example for your two boys.
that touched my heart. And that's where God used that. And I looked at her, I said, baby, it's time for us to go to church tonight, isn't it? I've never seen that woman get dressed for church so fast. It's like she went in the door and came back out dressed. And we went to church. I don't know what Pastor Johnny spoke on that night. I couldn't tell you. But I do know he gave an altar call, and I don't remember how I even got to that altar, but I hit that altar crying. Asking God to forgive me. That's all I kept saying. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Because I'd known he'd already forgiven me. I don't remember what the pastor that, that, uh, that led me to the Lord said. But when I stood up, I felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders and I was clean as I've ever been in my life. I mean clean, driver. You don't know what clean is till Jesus washes you up. And he cleans you off. And it's immediately when your spirit gets washed in the blood of the Lamb. And when I stood up, there was a group of women standing around me and my wife that had been lifting me up to Jesus. And I saw the look on their faces. I didn't expect that. But I was surrounded by women of God. And driver, there's somebody out there praying for you. There's somebody who has prayed for you. And then prayers will be answered one day if you just submit to the Lord. Well, we went home. Next morning I got up. I felt so good. And I've been a smoker for 50 years. I love nicotine. Driver, I ain't condemning nobody that, does, that chews tobacco or whatever you do. That's your business. But I do. One of the reasons I fought God for, for, for three months so hard was I didn't want to give that up. But knowing in my heart of hearts, if I didn't give it up, it's going to kill me. You know, I, I'd smoke and, or I'd dip or I'd dip and smoke at the same time. Uh, I, I liked it. You know, the devil gives us stuff that we like or, or we wouldn't do it. If I didn't like the liquor, I wouldn't have drank it. If I didn't like the tobacco, I wouldn't have smoked it. If I didn't like the porn, I wouldn't have looked at it. You know, I've heard this said, and I don't know. It's so true that the devil will take you further than you want to go and keep you there longer than you want to stay and make you pay more than you want to pay. And that's what sin will do for you. But boy, when you're cleaned up of that sin and the blood of Jesus is on you, I got up that morning and I thought to myself, is this going to be a battle with nicotine? It's five years later and it's like I never smoked and like I never dipped. He took that away from me immediately. One of my drivers came into the, into the office one day and asked the dispatcher, said, I hear Darrell's quit smoking. I said, yeah. I heard he quit dipping. Yeah. Is he about to drive you crazy? She said, you wouldn't think he ever had any. There was, you know, And I'm not saying that's going to happen to everybody, but I know that the Lord knew that that would be a stumbling block for me. So he took that away. And when the devil comes after me with stuff and, and causes doubt in my mind, I said, devil, you explain why I don't want a cigarette. You explain to me why I don't want a, a dip of uh, tobacco. Tell me that, devil. He don't have a leg to stand on. See, God gives us things like that that we can remember and fall back on and to use against the devil. Because the devil, he's smart. The devil knows you better than you know yourself. And that's why we need Jesus. Jesus will help us fight every battle. Well, it's been five years now, and my life has just turned upside down. 
And, and the Lord has just blessed me and my wife. Uh, we're so happy. We have the joy we've never had before. We've cried together. We've laughed together. We've prayed together. We've worshiped together. Because the Lord has blessed us. But you know, along with that, what He's given me is a hunger to serve Him. I can't work for my salvation. Not going to try. But what happens, because the Bible says it's not by works, but by faith. Well, I have faith. And because I have faith, I want to work. I want to do something. I want to do something for the kingdom here. See, as, as men and women of God, we're responsible. Uh, the Lord tells us, tells us to go. Uh, to go and preach the gospel, to teach the gospel. Now, how you preach the gospel is the way that he's going to have you do it. And, and, and it's mainly being a witness. It's all he's asking you to do of what he's done for you. Uh, if you don't want what I got, uh, it's not going to it's not make, make any difference to you. you got to look at a man and woman of God and say, there's something different about them. So it was eight months after I'd gotten saved, and my wife and I had, was going to this church. Oh, God blessed us with this church. Church don't save you. But I tell you, when you get around good fellowship with men and women of God that love one another, uh, the Bible says to assemble yourselves with one another. And the churches, the opportunities in ministry is amazing. If you, if you go to a good church, uh, they're, they're going to want you to, to uh, take what you learn there and take it out into the world. See, the preaching and the teaching isn't for you if you're in a church. It's for you to take out and share with others. So for months we kept saying, I, I'm hearing them talk about they need volunteers for this, this, and this. And we'd go talk to them. You know, well, I'll help you with this or whatever you need. But nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden, one of the pastors asked me to do a little something in the men's ministry, and I helped him out. And then, and I'm and I'm going to the men's meetings and uh, going to church every Sunday. And um, after about eight months, he could see that my wife and I were there. We are there. We're willing to serve. Uh, we're serious about what we're doing. And he come up to me and 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 he said, "Brother." My, the senior pastor and I have been talking, and we want you to be the director of the men's ministry. Now, I'd only been a Christian eight months. I'm going to direct men that's been saved longer than I've been alive. But you know what I told him? I said, okay. All right. I didn't bat an eye because I felt in my spirit that I needed to do something. I, I, what do I do with all of this you've given me, God? How do I handle this? So I agreed. And the first meeting was in June of 2008 that I was to stand up in front of the men and talk. And I didn't know what to talk about. I was lost as Hogan's goat. And I said, how do I talk to these men? I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember verses. I, I'm not a teacher or a preacher. And I prayed and I prayed. And I said, God, help me. Now, the Sunday after church, before that Monday night meeting, I had nothing written on a piece of paper. Not one word. And I was walking down the hallway of the house, and I said, God, you need to help me. And I heard his voice. He said, speak of what you know. And I said, God, I don't know nothing. <laughs> and he says, you know truck driving. And I got to thinking about that. And like I said before, I went through a two-week truck driving school. I had to learn the hard way to drive a truck. I couldn't back. I couldn't shift. I learned it out there on the road. Hopefully I didn't run over to anybody's hood that's listening to this. No, I never hit anything. But 
I got to thinking about how my life changed when I became a truck driver. Everything in my life went upside down. I'd been home every night, home every day, uh, got in behind the wheel of that truck, and I was gone all the time. I loved truck driving. I loved it. It just, it was just, it's, it's who I was, and it's what I did. And I loved that old truck. I mean, I was lost as Hogan's goat out there trying to go to California, going across them mountains with a little 290 with a nine speed, no Jake brake. AM radio and an 8-track player that didn't work. <laughs> I love trucking, and I got to thinking about how it changed my life. And as a manager of a trucking company now, I've gone to a lot of truck driving schools, and I've done a lot of recruiting. And I think about how these new drivers sit in them rooms with their eyes all shiny and bright, and, and oh, I'm going to be a truck driver. My daddy was a truck driver, and I'm going to be a truck driver. And I got to thinking how becoming a Christian and being, becoming a truck driver is kind of parallel to the fact that you got a lot to learn, brother. And so I, I sit down and I, st and I wrote out about a 15 or 20 minute message. And it lasted for 40 minutes when I got up there to speak. Because the Lord took over. And thank God he takes over every time I speak because it's not me. I want Jesus to shine through. But I've gone to a lot of truck driving schools and talked to a lot of new drivers. I don't do it as much as I used to. And, and I was told back when I used to go to the schools that this man here is brutally honest. I tell you, like the cow eat the cabbage. I've never felt like a, a grown-up should have feelings. Just deal with, deal with life and deal with what comes. But I found that since I've known the Lord that I know I've got somebody that's watching my back. And as a, a, a manager with a company, I've been in the office since 1988. Started out as a dispatcher. Became a terminal manager nine months later. I don't know why they wanted me to do that, but I did. Uh, the man asked me when I interviewed for the dispatching job, have you ever dispatched? I said, no, but I've been dispatched. He said, well, do you know how to work a computer? I said, no, but I've hauled a bunch of them. And he laughed and he goes, okay, you're it. So uh, I'd been on the road and, and, and teaching in driving schools uh, for eight years. I had my own truck for the four years. And I got tired of getting divorces. That's why I got off the road to begin with. I see that drivers come in now and for years, they're broken sometimes. Uh, they go to these schools and there's nothing. Man, these driving schools nowadays are fantastic. They get you out there to get your CDL. Back when I went through, all they want to know if you had good credit. They're going to sell you a truck. I already had a special chauffeur, so I didn't need that. They got me a medical card down the road I went. But nowadays, there's, you know, and I hear drivers complain about the, the laws and the regulations, but it's there to protect you, driver. Now, here's the management part of it coming out. But they're there to protect you and to protect the public. I don't like laws and rules either, but we got to abide by them. But through the years since I've gotten saved, and I know there's a better way to live as far as keeping your life on track. And the Lord has blessed me with drivers coming in and talking to me, and we, and, and we talk about some personal things. I've, I've said before, in management, it's hard to, to have the time to sit with a driver one-on-one -on -one and find out exactly what's going on if he's having problems at home. Now, again, it's, if it's not my business, it's not my business. But if a driver needs to share, that's what we're there for. As managers, we need to be uh, aware of their emotional state of a driver because that emotional state could get him killed if it's not right. It could get somebody else killed to get your truck tore up, get a load tore up. So we need to know that. But in the last year, the Lord has put on my heart 
to, to, to structure, get a structure together of, of ministry and get men and women in the industry that knows what a driver's going through. As far as especially a new driver that, that's not used to this lifestyle. Because we as managers, we don't know what's going on at your home. We don't know if you and your wife are happy. We don't know if you're splitting up. We don't know if your kids are in school or out of school. Uh, we don't know these things. We don't know what's happening. So what the Lord's put on my heart is to get a team of road chaplains together. That's men and women that are in the industry that's behind the wheel of the truck. And to be available to new drivers and seasoned drivers out in the field, uh, in the industry, at customers, at truck stops, at terminals, uh, wherever you may be, and you could walk up to one of these per people if you're having an issue in your life and be befriended by one of these chaplains. Uh, we're not here to preach. We're here to come alongside of you. Uh, we're here to, to let you know why we're happy. That's all these CDs are about. It's men and women that, that are making these CDs to saying, hey, this is why we're happy. This is who's made us happy. It's not by us. It's by the Lord. And as far as doctrine and things like that, that's between you and the Lord. We, I, I, you know, Channel 21 Ministries that the Lord has, has put on my heart to, to start, it's channel21ministries.com. What we're trying to do is get drivers off of Channel 19. Go out there and turn Channel 19 on anywhere in this country. And you'll turn, if, if you have any type, you don't have to be a Christian to sit back and go, ooh, ooh, that's nasty talk. I don't want to hear that. What I found with Channel 19, and, and I hope you'll understand what I'm saying here, but if you listen to Channel 19, you're, you're, you're hearing the heartbeat of trucking. And right now, that heart's sick. There's issues out there in them trucks that drivers need to be dealing with, but not on the CB radio on Channel 19. That's why we want to put road chaplains out there in these trucks, that when you drive by a truck that says road chaplain on the door, Channel 21, you can go up to Channel 21 and say, hey, how about that road chaplain? And hopefully not get interrupted by some clown that wants to get in the middle of it, because what I've seen on 19 is this nasty talk. Uh, it's, it'll tear you down, not build you up. And the idea for Channel 21 Ministries is to have drivers out there to build one another up and have good talk, good clean talk, just refreshing talk. When you get out of your truck at a, at a customer and you look up and you see Channel 21 Ministries on the door of a truck, walk over to that driver, shake their hand, say thank you for being out here on the road. Thank you for being available to men and women out here. We're not here to preach. We're out here just to show the reason for our joy. And that's what the Bible tells us to do, to always be prepared to show reason for our hope and for our joy. It will change the dynamics of your life when you give your heart to, Lord, to the Lord, your wife, your children. If you go to channel21ministries.com, go to the testimonies section in our website. And you will see these are these are testimonies of drivers, of drivers' wives, drivers' girlfriends that are that are, are trying to tell you what has happened once Jesus entered into their life. So we encourage you as a driver to let the Lord deal with you. Let your heart be softened. If right now, if you're driving that truck and, and these and this is starting to make you think, and and you can feel your heart being tender, you know what that is is that's the Holy Spirit starting to speak to you. It's not old Daryl. It's not Gary Rayburn. It's not a song. 
It's the Spirit of the Lord that's talking to you, that's wooing you. Don't fight that like I did for three months. There, they, <laughs> you know, the, God is powerful. He had a plan for my life, and he wanted me to fulfill it. And that's why he wooed me. That's why he brought me. That's why he loved me for three months when I didn't deserve it. I still don't deserve the love that he gives me. But that's why he loved on me for three months. He 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 just made. I'd get up in the morning and and it was and and, and if you you if you now this is just old Daryl talking here, okay? When I wake up in the morning at that time, it was like my conscience got up a half hour before me and already drank ten cups of coffee and was fired up and ready to go. That's what the Holy Spirit was like. All right, let's go. This is what we're going to talk about today. This is what we're going to deal with today. Lord, I don't want this. Lord, please, I don't want this. I'm happy, Lord. It goes on and on. It's like your conscience just keeps drinking coffee all day long. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. But if the Lord is speaking to you and dealing with you, take a minute. Pull that old truck over the side of the road. Pull in a rest area. Pull off on the shoulder that's legal. And uh, sit there and think about this for a minute. Stop everything. Turn off the radios. Turn off the truck. And think about your family. And think about what the, the changes that could happen in your family if you, driver, let Jesus Christ into your heart. And you take this home to your family. It's the best gift that you can give your children. It's the best gift you can give your wife. Your family will be blessed because of it. Take the time to straighten your life out through Jesus Christ. And he will bless you. Again, Channel 21 Ministries, there's a phone number on the website. You can email us. There's also room in there for testimony. If the Lord does something to you or for you and blesses you and uh, you're, a, you're, a, you're a Christian out there, get on that website. And this is about the Lord. It's not about Channel 21 Ministries. It's about what the Lord is doing in the trucking industry today. What we have isn't working. What we can get will work for all of us. Was blind, oh, now. 
song in my heart. It was love at first glance. The first day we met, you taught my heart to dance. You are the sunshine, the sunlight in my life. You're my love, my world. You're my wife, true love forever. Your heart and mine, hand in hand together till the end of time. Something I never thought I would find. True love forever. Your heart and. I knew it would last. Together was the future. Let go of the past. You are the sunshine, the sunlight in my life. You're my love, my world. You're my wife, true love forever. Your heart and mine. Till the end of time, something I never thought I would find. True love forever, your heart and mine. True love forever, your heart and Friends, we don't like to close any program without asking you, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you're not sure, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you would like to be saved, pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I want to be a Christian. I want you to come into my heart right now and save me. And I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. At the crossroads of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track had read his words still echoing in the back of my head I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and Check us out on the web 
You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Road, and I shared the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be, and I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past, but I called his name. This chance, could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome Lost, I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree